0: Chapter 26. Casey slept heavily for the first bit, woke up, found the replica sundial, and seeing that it was barely dawn, went back to sleep. She and the library had had a traumatic night she could sleep in today. When she woke the second time, it was because there was a strange pulling sensation at her stomach. Yawning, she stretched and found a new dress hanging in Jerry's bathroom. She scrubbed her teeth with her fingers and combed her wild blue hair. Dark circles lay under her eyes, and she looked like she'd barely slept. The dress was a floral print with fancy stitching along the hem and the neckline, but even that couldn't distract from her, her overall ghoulish look. Sighing, she braided her hair into four long plaits as she checked on Jerry. He was exactly as the lords had left him, under the covers, with a pillow propping his head up. His breathing was steady and she checked his heartbeat before she unlocked the door and hurried down to the office. The pulling feeling increased in urgency and strength. I'm coming, she grumbled to the library. She was sore everywhere. Could you bring me some breakfast or do I need to let one of my guards know? The books rustled merrily and she got the sense that the library was happier than normal. She trailed her fingers down their spines, tickling one that was humming. The more she walked, the better she felt as her muscles loosened up. At the front desk, she reached under for her apron, but her fingers came up short. Her apron had gotten torn in the fight with the shadow monster, and she'd barely noticed last night because of her mangled wrist. But now its loss made her pause. There was another apron, a high-face-sized one, but it would look ridiculous on her. Sighing, she took it out and examined it on the desk. Someone knocked on the library doors and so her day would begin. She set her hand on the door handle and heard the familiar unlocking as the library listened to her authority. When she turned, the library had conjured two steaming cups of mushroom tea and a platter of scones. She walked to the front desk with a feeling she knew who had knocked. The doors opened and a crowding of high fae faces in the doorway made her stiffen. She recognized Lady Adar and Lord Glynn first, and then saw the guards, Lady Keane, Lord Spore, and Lord Pamel. They moved aside as Gilmore brushed through them. He turned and closed the door on them. Good afternoon, he said, grinning. Is it afternoon? She took one of the mushroom tea mugs and sipped it. Well, then you're very late, assistant's assistant. He leaned over the desk and grabbed the other mug. I see you were expecting me. The library was. She ate a scone and a second one in a matter of seconds, barely tasting them. She finished her tea and set it down. Some sort of invisible hand filled it back up to the brim. Ugh, it creeps me out when it does that. He raised an eyebrow. Weird to have a section of the palace care about your well-being, huh? Especially as a pixie. The words slipped out, reminding her of the real distance that lay between them. He cleared his throat. throat. about that? No, not yet, Casey whispered, dread, looming like a ghoul. Please, not yet. He shut his mouth and pressed his lips into a white line. He gave her a nod. As you will. Relieved, she turned to the rest of the library. I have to dust the books today. They really need it. Can you watch the front? And hopefully, now that Jerry was back, there'd be no more biters. I'd rather help you. She avoided his eyes. Please, mean he'd only distract her or question her or bring up all the things that she didn't want to think about yet he sighed but she detected a nod she grabbed the bucket and skipped to the back to fill it in the trough of dust it was low but there was enough for the books that sucked up the most the dusting gave her space to think in a concentrated uninterrupted span of time about Gilmore and Gilmore only other minds would unwind the mystery of the pocket realm they could solve that and they had already found Jerry. Her work was done now. Now she could concentrate on taking care of the library and her Gilmore problem. Her heart tightened. Perhaps the biggest part of the problem was that she didn't want to solve it. She wanted him to stick around. She liked his banter and his ease with her. He saw her as an equal. Was her attraction a result of that? Was she so desperate for male attention that she'd jump the first high hyphae male who treated her Normally, she refilled her bucket and did another sweep through the aisles, checking on the dust levels in the not as priority sections. Eventually, she had to admit to herself that she was avoiding him. She reluctantly headed to the front desk where he sat on the stool. He turned as she approached It didn't matter how softly she walked. his high-fay hearing was better. His eyes looked wary, but his smile was genuine her heart tightened further until it was a clenched fist in her chest. She knew him well enough to tell if his smile was genuine. The first thing he'd done when he'd woken up from being knocked out by a monster was to smile at her. She wiped her hands on the two large apron under the desk and grabbed a scone. It was cold but still delicious. So how's the front desk, she asked. No one has come in or out, he replied gita put a moratorium on normal library activity until after the summoning or whenever jerry wakes up whichever comes first when is the summoning she'd forgotten about it completely in the rush to figure everything out tomorrow after the revel stars above the revel she'd forgotten that was tonight Ooh, bad timing for the master mages she said it won't start till noon Gilmore replied, Gita enjoys her revels too well for earlier than that. He flashed her a smile and then looked away. Revels were designed for bad decisions. Fae twined together, debauchery, magic, wine, dancing, companionship. Her eyes traced his profile down to his collarbone, peeking out from his silk shirt. He stared at the doors as she continued tracing his strong arms down to his butt. His eyes flashed sideways to her. He knew she was looking. She flushed and grabbed another scone. He relaxed on the stool and leaned forward, putting his elbows on the desk so that their heads were the same height. How was the dusting? His eyes were deep, warm pools, inviting her in, reminding her of that long kiss, the one that had saved him and probably doomed her. Fine, she blurted, heart-skittering. She had to stop thinking about that goddess's blast kiss. I mean, many sections didn't dust than usual, but I guess that's to be expected, since, you know, I haven't had time to pay attention to them in days. What, with all the mystery and the excitement? and No, I mean, not excitement. No, it, w- it wasn't exciting. I mean, it was, but not like a good exciting, more of like a, oh no, it, exciting. She stuffed a scone in her mouth to end the misery of her babbling words. His eyes gleamed, and she turned to face the library trying to get a hold before she said something else. A pretty face and a strong body, and she was blabbering like an idiot. Maybe they should have their talk right now. The sooner they cleared the air between them, the better, right? She turned. He raised an eyebrow, but didn't otherwise move. We should have that talk, she whispered. He nodded, staying level with her. When the mirror entranced you, she started swallowing hard, I I tried all the normal ways to break an enchantment. I I tried to slap you. I tried splashes of heat and cold, and I didn't have any of the others the wand, or the valerian, or a crystal's worth of stored power. So I, I had to use what was left a kiss. His word was barely whispered. Yes, she snapped. A kiss. It worked. You're welcome. He looked amused. She looked away at the fire in the hearth. Even from here, its power pulled at her, inviting her in, and she ignored it. He cleared his throat. The kiss only works on a foundation. Her face burned with a blush, and she glared, I, You don't have to rub it in. No, a mutual foundation, he interrupted. She still couldn't look at him. So that's that, she replied, trying to avoid his physical nearness. He was only two feet away, but she could feel every inch as if it burned. So you were entranced and I fixed it. Okay. And about the mirror, he paused. Look, what I said about pixies... No, it's fine, she interrupted. She didn't want to rehash it. Let me finish, he said. No running away or avoiding, you promised. She grit her teeth together and motioned to continue. What I said, I I was flustered. And I didn't mean it. It was truth, she pointed out. She crossed her arms over her chest, regarding him with narrowed eyes. He winced. Yes, I I haven't always considered Pixies my equal, but when you grow up the pampered son of a powerful queen in one of the most powerful courts in Fadum, it's hard to see truth. He held up a hand. I mean, this isn't to excuse me, she snorted. I'm crying, Gilmore said. It's not always easy to see my own assumptions. Surely you can understand that me, she demanded. How? Well, you have your own assumptions, he stated as if it was obvious. (laughs) I might not be able to act like I think I'm equal to every fae, but I already believe it. Yeah, but you have assumptions about high fae. She opened her mouth and then closed it. My thoughts are based on experience, she said. The way you flinch when I move too suddenly. My body can't unlearn decades of behavior just because you're a good Haifa. "See?" he said, "a good Haifa. Well, there are some who are very not good, and and this isn't the same." She knew there was an important difference between what they were talking about and what he meant, but she was too flustered to put her finger on it. Then the door opened, and Iona stood in the doorway, looking terrified by the scrutiny of five Haifa. "'Casey motioned her in, and Iona practically ran, "'but then she stopped at the sight of Gilmore. "'Her foxy face tightened and her nose twitched. "'She dropped into a curtsy. "'Lord Gilmore!' "'She glanced at Casey. "'May I speak with Casey, my lord?' "'Gilmore's face had gone remote. "'He straightened. "'I'll do around. "'He glanced at Casey significantly, "'but she ignored him, focused on her front. "'Once he was out of sight, Iona leaned forward, "'gripping Casey by the arms. "'Are you okay?' I'm I'm fine, Casey protested. Confused and on edge for a different reason now. Iona never came to the library, ever. I mean, most Lower Fae were so spooked by it that they avoided it. What's wrong? She asked. Iona swept Casey into a hug. We've been worried. You're working yourself to death. Look at you, your skin and bones. There was a lot yesterday, Casey muttered. But why are you here? She looked around. You aren't supposed to be in here. I know, they gave me a hard time about it, Iona said. This cleaning is very important, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Casey wondered which direction Gilmore had gone on his rounds. She felt edgy again, like she couldn't catch a break. What? What's up? Iona pulled a dress out of her flowery, ruffled apron and shook it out. Her magic sparkled down the length of it, pressing it flat and removing the wrinkles instantly. Your mom said this. A dress? "'Casey wouldn't have been more baffled "'if someone had sent her flowers. "'She reached out and fingered the hem. "'It was their fifth-best dress. "'Well, you need one for the Revel tonight,' Iona replied. "'And then her eyes swept Casey again. "'Although this one is really pretty. "'I don't think I've ever seen it.' "'Oh, I borrowed it,' Casey said hurriedly, "'her stomach dropping at the thought of attending the Revel. "'She was so tired. "'But I, I can't go to the Revel. I, "'I have to stay here.' "'Iona shook her head and drew close to Casey's face, whispering, The queen herself has noticed you've been missing and requested you attend. The queen? Casey choked. Attracting the attention of the queen was never a good idea. She swallowed that information hard. Oh, God, stars above. I am going to pull back. Hints the visit and the dress. She looked critically at Casey again. Do you want me to remove the dark circles under your eyes? Casey self-consciously touched her face. What? "'No. Bear's family is coming soon for the engagement formalities. He has three eligible brothers.' Iona's voice had taken on a strained sing-song tone. The switch to Carmel's engagement and the sudden appearance of pixie males in their conversation left Casey even more confused. Plus, any moment Gilmore would glide into view and she didn't want him to get any ideas about rebels or pixie males or, or anything. No ideas, just continuing their status quo forever.' Oh, Casey said, "That's great. Let's talk later." Three brothers, Iona repeated. A fresh blood in the palace. She licked her lips suggestively. Casey flushed. It's great, really, but but later. Iona looked around. Is Lord Gilmore bothering you? Do you do you need help? What? No, Casey squeaked. No, it's fine. He's fine. I mean, he's not fine, fine, but he's handsome. I I mean, I guess for a high fae stars blasted what was with her mouth today (laughs) Uh uh-huh iona replied she looked around slower this time a twinkle in her eyes i've heard he's kind and thoughtful what kesey bit off another yelp they weren't having this conversation here or now or or wherever the high fey ladies talk iona said and probably what she thought was a quiet voice but it felt like yelling they say he's a thoughtful lover He never lacks for companionship if he desires it. A terribly dark flush infused Casey's whole body and her fire tried to flame out. She hushed it down and shook her head. Iona, stop. She took a deep breath. It's not like that. You take everything too seriously. Iona bumped her hip against Casey's. Live a little. I live just fine, she bit off. I have to get back to work. Gilmore glided into view. Casey shooed Iona out the door before the brownie could whisper something else that Gilmore was bound to overhear. She shut the door behind her friend and turned. Gilmore was again at the front desk, his dark eyes drinking her in. What did the brownie say, he asked too innocently. She couldn't look at him. What did you overhear? I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, he said apologetically. It did ring of truth. Casey wanted to sink into the ground. She walked to the opposite side of the desk and glanced at the sundial. It was close to dinner time and then to the revel. She didn't want to go, but if the queen had noticed, she had no choice. What's that? He said, nodding at the dress. Oh, uh, Iona brought me a dress for the revel. His eyes sharpened and she felt his power build. The revel? His voice went lower. She nodded and couldn't look at him. Yeah, it's this event that happens weekly. You might know it. Your mother hosts it and your sister runs it. I'm aware of the weekly revel. That husky tone set her blood on fire and she bent behind the desk to pretend to look for something. Goddesses above, she was going to jump him if she said, an- if he said another word sounding like that. It was pure lust. It had to be it. This, that had to explain what she was feeling. This recklessness, this want, this need... She bustled for a long moment and then popped up. I'll close up alone, she said. You can go. I'm guarding both it and you. His voice had lost some of the huskiness, but not its firmness. I don't leave until you do. Casey nodded. I should change. He half rose, but she yelped. No! He settled back down with an eyebrow raised. Excuse me? I mean, I'll go alone. And then she practically fled down the aisle away from him.